Hey everyone, I'm your host, Allie, and welcome to Behold Women at the Table. Behold is a community of women dedicated to beholding Jesus to transform the world around them. We want to pursue God's heart, create positive change, and commit to our God-given destinies with passion and joy. So continue listening for our newest episode. Well, hey there, Behold fam. I am so excited for today because I want to do something a little bit different with this podcast. Usually, what you will get on Behold Women at the Table is interviews with friends or people I want to be friends with. What you usually get are stories that are encouraging and topics that I believe are relevant. But today, I want to do something a little bit different. Today's podcast is going to be more of a teaching or a bit of encouragement from yours truly. I've probably said it before on here, but my job is as a community pastor at my local church. And one of my favorite parts of my job is opening up the word and studying it. I love to preach and teach the Bible. I believe that the word of God is transformative. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is living and active and that it is sharper than any double-edged sword. And I just love the word of God. I believe that the Bible is what teaches us about who God is and who we are in his image. So today I'm just going to do something a little bit different and I'm just going to share something from my heart specifically something that Jesus has really been stirring up within me the last few weeks. And it's around this idea of transitions and promised lands. You know, I've been going through a season of this myself where I feel this transition coming. I feel this sense of walking into certain promised lands. And I want to stop here for a second before we get into kind of the the points that I want to go through because I think this idea of promised lands can sometimes be a little mysterious. You know, that idea of promised lands can sometimes sound a little bit like Christianese. And so before we get into it, I just kind of want to talk about this idea of a promise from God first. You know, Walking into a promised land for some could mean walking into a season of peace and freedom from anxiety. Maybe you're listening to this and you have struggled with infertility for a while and you are waiting on your promise of a child to be fulfilled. Maybe you're single and you believe that the Lord has a spouse for you and you're waiting for that. Or maybe it's something to do with the job. Maybe... You've been dealing with a chronic illness for a while, and you know that God has spoken healing over you, which according to his word, I believe he has. Whatever it is that the Lord has spoken over you, the promises that he has spoken over your life, the fulfillment of those is the promised land that I am referencing in this chat. And for me, the last few weeks, the book of Joshua has come up so many times, I'm not even trying to exaggerate. Podcasts I'll listen to will all be referencing the book of Joshua. Devotions I'll hear, sermons I'll listen to will reference the book of Joshua. And usually when something like that happens, 
It means that God is trying to teach me a lesson. So I want to look at the book of Joshua together. I want to look at this man who was responsible for taking the Israelites into the promised land after they had roamed around the desert for several decades. If you don't know much about Joshua, basically, Joshua had been Moses' mentee, if you will. Joshua was in this posture of constantly being around Moses. So he was taught and he was aided by Moses. He would have been on the mountain when Moses received the Ten Commandments. He would have seen how Moses handled the Israelites' disobedience. Joshua was one of the 12 spies who went to scope out the promised land to see if they could take it. And he was one of the two who had the faith to claim the promised land upon returning. Joshua saw firsthand how Moses communed with the Lord. He saw up close and personal Moses' humility and how Moses valued the Lord's presence above all. So, when Moses dies, Joshua is left responsible for taking the Israelites across the Jordan and into the Promised Land. So they cross the Jordan River, and they begin to inhabit what had been spoken over them by God, city by city. It's in the book of Joshua that we get these amazing stories like Jericho, where the Jericho walls came crashing down, the worship leaders were out front, and it's just this amazing story of God's power. It's in Joshua that we get the story of the sun stopping and we get these epic battles. It's where we see the tribal allotments being given. And it's also where we see Joshua encourage the Israelites around the importance of meditating on the scriptures. So in looking at the life of Joshua, in seeing how he handled himself as a leader and how he listened to the Lord, a few things stuck out to me. And I'm going to take you through these four things that the Lord was highlighting to me in the Joshua story about transitioning well and inhabiting the promised lands of life. And the first thing that stuck out to me is just the importance of honoring the secret place. Before we get Joshua as the leader of the Israelites, we see Joshua as the servant. We see Joshua serving Moses and hungering after God's presence. In Exodus 33, verse 11, in the English Standard Version, it says this, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. And so what I see here is a man who wasn't willing to depart from the presence of God which is what filled that tent that's being referred to. Joshua came from a posture of honoring the secret place. He didn't honor the secret place to get something from God. He honored the secret place because he honored the presence of God and he was hungry for more of him. And it's an important question to be asking ourselves. Where do we pursue our secret places with God? Do we? Or do we get distracted? What is the first thing we reach to when we wake up in the morning? Do we check our emails? Do we check our Instagram feed? Or are we going to our Bibles? Do we have a posture like Joshua of not wanting to leave the presence of God? 
And you know, this can be such a convicting thing for me too. So many times what I will do is I will boil my quiet time down to, okay, I will spend 35 minutes reading scripture and then I'll spend another 10 minutes praying and then I'll spend another 10 minutes journaling and then another five listening to the voice of God and kind of having a conversation with him. And I'm challenged by this position of Joshua because he wouldn't depart from the tent. Am I so eager to get on with my day or so desperate for the presence of God that I don't want to depart from that quiet time? And you know, our quiet times with God are where we learn to value his voice above all else. If you haven't developed a secret place lifestyle with God, I want to encourage you to do so. And find what works for you. God wants to meet with you, and he's always speaking. So what does it look like to posture yourself in a position to listen? You know, I have been through seasons where my quiet times have changed. I just came out of a season of just listening to the word of God, where I would just listen to an audiobook version of the Bible on the YouVersion app. Over the summer, it was just going on walks and praying and kind of practicing the presence of God, so to speak. And before that, it was a little more like an exegetical study in the morning. But I would say that no matter what that quiet time looks like for you, the most important place to start is in his word. So further on in this story of Joshua, in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. And the portion of this scripture that I want to point out is where the Lord specifically says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. I am pretty confident that Joshua was well aware that Moses had passed at this point. He was well aware that the leader of Israel had just died. But he still waited for God to speak to him and tell him to go. Joshua wasn't hungering after a position. Joshua hungered for more of God. So much so that it took God reminding Joshua Hey, Moses is gone, and now it's your turn to arise and take the Israelites into the land I have promised them. And I personally just love that posture of Joshua, that he wasn't hungering after a position. He was hungering for more of God. What he valued above all else was the voice of God. And this idea leads me to the second thing that I see in the story of Joshua. And that is, let go of what's comfortable. Sometimes the most important thing we can do is let go of what was. Let go of what was most comfortable to us. Joshua had to be reminded that Moses would no longer be the one leading the Israelites and that it was his responsibility to do so now. 
He also sent spies to scout out parts of the promised land. But where Moses sent 12, Joshua only sent two. And now that was probably because he had been one of the two of the 12 who had faith for the promised land. And he didn't want to mess that up again and be in the wilderness for another 40 years. But I think it's important to remember that Joshua had to do something different than what he was comfortable with, than what he was used to. I think Joshua would have been comfortable following in Moses' footsteps and leading as Moses led. But we see Joshua does things differently. He gleaned and he learned from Moses, but he didn't copy Moses. He learned about the importance of pursuing the presence of God. Joshua learned the importance of hearing the voice of God over situations. And most importantly, he learned obedience. You know, when we are obedient to man, we do what we are comfortable with. But when we are obedient to God, we do what is uncomfortable. And Joshua did just that. Joshua honored the legacy of Moses, but he led in a different way. So he let go of what was comfortable. He let go of what got them through the wilderness. And I think this is an important reminder for us that as we inhabit our promises, as we transition into our promised lands, what got us through the wilderness seasons of our lives may not be what sustains us through our promised lands. We want to leave the wilderness mindsets on the opposite side of the Jordan, just like the Israelites did. And moving on, the third thing that stuck out to me in this story is that we are called to stay in a posture of remembrance. Joshua 4 verses 1 through 7 says this, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Basically, here we see the Lord telling Joshua to position the people in a posture of remembrance. And I think when we transition into new seasons and into our promised lands, we are called to remember. I mean, I think we're always called to live in a state of remembering what the Lord has done for us. But I do think it is especially important when we're stepping into something new and something potentially scary. The Israelites had seen the Lord part the Red Sea. So this group had grown up with stories of that. 
But now they were presented with another miracle, the parting of the Jordan River for them to inhabit their promised land. You know, I think it's amazing because here we see that the Lord makes a way both into and out of wilderness seasons. But the Israelites had to position themselves in a place of remembrance of all that the Lord had done, how he had supernaturally provided for them in the wilderness and how he had paved their way. So when the promised land giants seemed too hard to overcome, just like with the Israelites, we want to remember the words that the Lord has spoken over us. We want to remember the miracles he has performed in our lives, and in the lives of our family and friends. And most importantly, we want to remember the finished work of the cross. You know, Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And I want to point out that while it is important for us to remember what the Lord has done in our lives, we should first and foremost look to the Bible. Because it is in the Bible that we see the character of God, where we learn of his faithfulness, his mercy, his grace, and his goodness. When we meditate on the word of God, that is what carves our way for success. And this leads me to the last thing that stuck out to me. When we are in seasons of transition and we are called to step into our promised lands, we have to step into what is. There is action on our end. There is a risk that we have to take. We have to step into what God is calling us into. We can't inhabit a promise from a distance. We have to walk into our promises, knowing that it is God who has brought it to pass. We have to go in and possess it. We can't just sit and expect the promise to come to us. And we can't use God as an excuse. There are circumstances and situations where we have to go in. We have to take action. You know, a sad part of the story of the Israelites is that two of the tribes actually decided to stay on the opposite side of the Jordan. They decided not to inhabit the promised land, even though it was theirs to take because the Lord had spoken it. Only 10 tribes would dwell in the promised land God had spoken. And the wild thing is that those other two tribes would actually help win the battles for the Israelites. But they stayed in comfort on the opposite side of the Jordan. And the sad part of this story is that these two tribes would be the first to be taken over by enemies in the land. So by not stepping into the promised land with the rest of the nation, they forfeited the protection that the promise gave. The Lord doesn't want us to just gaze out to our promise. He wants us to walk into it. And walking into it takes a step on our part. It takes a risk. It costs us something. For the Israelites, they were sanctified upon entering the promised land, 
before they even would go into battle, they were sanctified. And so I want to challenge you here. Don't just look at your promise from a distance. When God says to you, arise and go, arise and go. Listen to his voice. And when he says go, go. I think a lot of times it can be scary to step out and do that risky thing, to step into the fullness of the promise. If I'm being honest, I think sometimes it's a lot easier to pray for the promises of God than it is to walk in the reality of the promises of God. But when he says, arise and go, going into what he has promised is so worth it. You know, I remember when I had first felt the call to ministry, yet at the time, I was still working in cardiac research. And I remember having this moment with God one day in my office where something had happened and I had really never felt a push from God so strongly. And in that moment in my office, I felt like he told me to leave and never turn back and to trust him in the process. And something had happened where I actually was off of work for a few days. And so during that time, I sat down with my pastor to talk about everything that had happened. And what had came up was an internship opportunity that would happen a few months later. And I said yes. And I remember struggling through the transition because I was really comfortable in my position. I knew that God had called me to vocational ministry. There had been dreams and visions and prophecies to go along with it. I felt it confirmed in my quiet times with him, but I was so comfortable in my job. What I was doing was successful and I was moving up. And by all the worldly definitions and standards, I was crushing it in my career, but I was really comfortable. And God wanted me to step into my promise according to his timeline, not mine. Because the fun game I would always play with God was, well, yeah, ministry is for me, but probably when, you know, I'm middle-aged and a few years from now, not anytime soon, God. And of course, God had his way and pushed me into a position of discomfort because I had to step into what he was calling me into. There were action steps I had to take in order to inhabit that promise. And there are actions that I have to take to continue to inhabit it. It was scary leaving my job. It was scary leaving what I was most comfortable with. But stepping into the promises of God was so beautiful. And my pastor always says it, but it's like being out on a limb with Jesus. And that is how I felt in that moment. The actions that I had to take in order to walk in the fullness of what God had for me were scary. But on the other side of that, I can confidently say now that they were so worth it. So friend, I don't know what promise it is that you've been waiting on. I don't know what promised land you are being called to transition into. But I want to encourage you in this. No matter what you are transitioning into, it is going to involve honoring and pursuing the secret place. 
It's going to involve letting go of what's most comfortable. It's going to involve embracing the mystery and stepping into what is. Inhabiting the promises of God over our lives isn't a passive thing. It's active. And so we are called to take risks to step into that new thing. We're called to remember what he has done before so that we can be more confident of his faithfulness in the future. And we are called, above all else, to prioritize the secret place with him, the place of his presence, and the place where we hear his voice. And before we close for the day, before this podcast ends, I also want to add something because I think when we talk about the promised lands of God, a lot of times we can think that it means a physical thing only. But I just want to share a story from honestly an internal promised land that the Lord had to to work through and call me into in my life. And, you know, that's the promised land of peace and healing and freedom. You know, God's word says that freedom and healing is my inheritance. And I've dealt with some trauma in my life and coming into a relationship with Jesus with that trauma, it felt hard to live in the reality that I am both called to freedom and called to healing, especially when I was dealing with triggers and when I was dealing with night terrors. But I remember an encounter with God where he spoke to me and reminded me that my inheritance, my promise, the promise that he speaks over me and he speaks to all of us is one of freedom and one of healing. So where I think healing can be impossible, God says nothing is impossible for him. And while I'm still walking through some healing, I remain in the promised land confident that healing and freedom are both my portion. And so no matter how hard, no matter how far from reality it feels, I have to constantly remind myself that my portion is freedom, that my portion is healing. And so what the Lord says is healed is healed. And I am walking through that journey of healing with him. So maybe your promised land is a very physical, tangible thing of a financial breakthrough or a new job or infertility. Maybe it's a deep internal thing of needing peace, of freedom and wholeness and joy. Whatever it is, God will call you into it and he will equip you to go through it. But the most important thing that I can tell you is to honor and pursue the secret place above all else because it is from that secret place that you learn his voice, that you learn the promises that he has over you, and that you can walk confidently into the promised lands of your life. So that's all I have for you today. But before I go, I want to remind you that our bi-weekly newsletter goes out this week. So if you haven't yet, make sure you sign up on the website at www.beholdwomen.com. And lastly, I know we did something a little bit different with this podcast. So let me know on Instagram, by email, or even in a review whether or not you're interested in more teachings like this one. See you all soon. 
Thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Behold Women. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe and rate. We'll see you next time on Behold Women at the Table.